Good morning, everybody. Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development. And we've got with us this morning, Sonia Singh from the city of Markham. Welcome. Thank you. Great to have you back with us one year since we did this last time. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> and you're still an emergency preparedness coordinator with the city of Markham, but things have changed a little bit. Um, yeah, I uh, got transferred into uh, the emergency fire and emergency services uh, here. So it's it's a nice fit because, again, I work very closely with fire uh, services staff. So it works out really well. I have more more resources available to me. Fantastic. And I see that you've maybe I'm correct, but congratulations. You've finished your your yeah. master's degree. Yes, that's recent. I feel so good. And then I um, am like, oh, what am I going to do now? I kind of miss it already. So <laughs> I get where people move on and continue on and take more courses. And yeah, absolutely. So it's PhD soon, is it? <laughs> no, <not yet. laughs> I think I need to relax a little bit. The Doing your master's for like... Uh, during a year of a pandemic, it's not easy. It was very difficult. I had to ask uh, for a lot of extensions for um, my uh, assignments, but it's done. Yay me. Congratulations. That is fantastic. Uh, a lot of people just hunkered down and tried to get through, you know, what we've been through so far, but you're, um, you're not just surviving, you're thriving, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah, it's um, it's an exciting time uh, for emergency management. Lots of lessons mm -hmm. learned. I mean, we're not over it yet, uh, but uh, there's lots of things that um, ha has changed my perception of emergency management and um, the role of an emergency manager um, right now, at least um, the changing roles. Also, like I think we have to be flexible and adaptable, and uh, it's important to uh, evaluate um, what we offer and what we could bring to a situation like a pandemic. Well, that's a fantastic start. Why don't you tell us about that, this changing role? Well, um, one of the things that I think uh, we focus on is that the role of an emergency manager is during a disaster and more than likely it's a flood, a tornado, there's physical damage, right? And that's easy to deal with. But when you have something like a pandemic, um, roles are changed. Uh, public health is the lead in this uh, versus um, you know, a city per se. A city will work to get the city up and running, clean up the roads, you know, get people back into their houses, all that kind of stuff. But now we're dealing with a pandemic, which is long term, and there's different stages of it. It's managing the cases and then uh, keeping the cases down enough to give time for a vaccine. You know, um, there's so many phases to this. And of course, right now in Canada, we are just past the peak of our third wave. Um, we've had quite the interesting run of it here. Um, and right now we're, we're sort of, our cases are going down around 2000 cases day we're looking for that it's really in um in ontario in the province that i'm in um so it's uh it's been a, a difficult 
but everyone is uh, moving forward. Uh, the key for me is I'm not involved in the public health side, even though my background is public health. Um, I'm not involved in the public health side. I'm involved in the community. So it's how the community, how we can interact with public health, how we can support our public health partners um, is vital and how we could uh, take the message from public health and spread it to the, to the community. Um, one of the things that we are involved in is um, we have partnered up with public, public health. So for the vaccine clinics, so we have our staff working, uh, supporting the vaccine clinics and uh, public health takes care of the needles in the arms and our staff are working for greeting and providing information and checking in people. So it's a collaborative uh, effort and it's nice to see. We also support um, initiatives like the one that I'm wearing. I don't know if you've seen this t-shirt. It's, uh, it's called This Is Our Shot Canada and it's to um, support uh, our, our multicultural society in uh, being informed and getting vaccinated. Because again, aside from all the wearing of the masks and, and, and the physical distance, we wanna make sure that everybody knows enough about the vaccines that are available. It's uh, provided in different languages and uh, we get as many people vaccinated. So we've taken this on, the city of Markham has, and frankly, uh, from what I know now, we're the only municipality in Ontario that has taken this on. So it's, um, we are launching it today, actually. And it's, um, it's a uh, campaign that I don't know if you know, have heard of this person, Ryan Reynolds. I don't know. Yes. If that person is familiar to you, uh, especially, you know, um, Brian Reynolds and a few other people, Michael Bublé, they're supporting this campaign. So we're, we're really trying to create a movement here. And Markham is one of the most multicultural uh, communities in Canada. So this is another thing. So the back of my t-shirt actually has different languages. So we try, woo, different languages. So we try to uh, make sure that we have that outreach to our multicultural um, community. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is advocating for our community. So aside from um, working with public health, we wanna make sure that public health is aware of the issues that our, our community is facing. So we have that um, uh, capability. We meet regularly with our public health partners, our regional partners, our municipal partners, and we share what's going on in our community. It's all about solving problems right? Mm. When it comes down to it, emergency managers solve problems and we solve problems with communication and resources. So that's one of the things I've learned even more is uh, important during COVID in terms of our role. Um, information sharing, so important with our partners working together. Like right now I'm doing outreach to our mosques, uh, right? It's Eid, Eid right now. So we're working mm -hmm. with our mosques. Um, we have a, a large Muslim community here. So we are trying to uh, support them in getting a vaccination clinic locally. Again, trying to meet the needs of our community. And again, when you're dealing with a diverse community, you have to have that outreach. So those are the kind of things right now that I'm working on. And uh, what else? Um, understanding roles and responsibilities. That's a key thing. So knowing that public health is the lead in a pandemic and we take our, um, information from public health and we try to 
point everyone to public health. So it's one message, not 10 million places to get information. Because as you know, um, we have misinformation going out there. So we try to make sure that we take mm -hmm. our messaging from public health and we share it. So uh, there's a lot of communication. We have our communication teams coming together once a week. We have our human resources teams coming together because not only does a pandemic um, Im uh, impact our community, it impacts the city itself. We are working from home. So there's a lot of adaptation that is happening right now. It's kind of exciting. So it's it's nice seeing how we are changing as a profession, as a um, you know uh, leadership in terms of emergency management. So the problem solving, the adaptation, the flexibility, these are all things that emergency mm. managers need to have. Did you find that what's going on informed your master's program that you were going through in your assignments? Yes. Yes, it sure did. Um, leadership mattered. Uh, how mm. our, our community uh, partners lead, how we interact with our community partners, um, how we interact with our own staff at the municipality, how we navigate uh, virtual meetings, how we navigate a virtual EOC, right? And keeping people informed. Now, mind you, uh, in the city, we deactivated our EOC last year. And we kind of uh, got to the point where we were in our little new norm, and we we're just functioning in a new sort of um, fashion with our virtual meetings, etc. So we are working just like that. And uh, it's, uh, it, it's just Honestly, it, it has has changed a little bit um, how we look at things. So, has it been difficult for your team to see that this is a like a protracted, long, drawn out, slow moving emergency rather than a sudden onset that has to be dealt with immediately for safety and lives being saved in a short period of time? Well, what I think is is that there it, because it's a long emergency. Um, there's stress involved. And mm. again, watching our long-term care facilities, our elderly people uh, being impacted, there are deaths in our, uh, that happened last year. Um, many of our long-term care facilities were in outbreak. Seeing the impact of it gets to you, mm. right? Mm. And knowing that you really don't have any control over that and, mm. and trying to support your community. Um, trying to support our community when we were, when we had like, we didn't have any uh, personal protective equipment to provide to these facilities. Like everyone was caught off guard. Mm. Um, so it's, it's having these, what we did last year as a community is we had a personal protective equipment drive. So people were donating so that we were able to give it to wow. long-term care facilities. We were able to give it to um, congregate living settings, you know, uh, very sad situations, but the community comes together when you need it. And I think that's what right now we're at that point. Uh, some people are at the breaking point because mm -hmm. it is so long and we need to get people vaccinated. And um, for us in, in Canada, we don't have a, a vaccine supplier within Canada. So mm -hmm. we're dependent on importing vaccine and there is, you know, there are gaps here. So it, it lots of lessons learned, 
Lots of lessons yeah. learned for our federal government, our provincial government, our local municipalities. So um, hopefully we take that back. It's just trying to remember these lessons, documenting it now as they happen. Uh, because when the pandemic's over, people are just going to be relieved and want to move on. And I think it's important for people to come back and revisit it, even as hard mm. as it is to revisit some of the issues. Mm. And so technology, what sort of role has technology played during this last year? <laughs> Look at what we're doing right now. Yes. Which is great because, again, um, people are getting used to this and it's, it's, mm. um, it's made the world smaller. We're sharing more information. Um, we're getting used to this, actually. I don't think we'll ever come back to having too many meetings in person. Um, and I think it's uh, given us the opportunity to um, have uh, different skill sets come in and work with us because maybe they they don't live in our city. It's easier to bring in new people. And mm -hmm. um, I think it, like I said, it makes the world smaller. Um, the, the scary part is, of course, um, having the dependence on technology because we all know that there are times where technology fails, just like recently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's simple things like putting on your microphone. Um, but, you know, technology does fail and I don't, uh, I feel uncomfortable having so much dependence on it. So there always needs to have, we always need to have a backup plan mm -hmm. and make sure that we share that backup plan. With our is there, is, are there technology solutions or processes that public health, for example, uses, and it's not normally part of your command process, and you've had to incorporate them into what you do? Um, not necessarily. Honestly, we kept it very simple. Um, hmm. We use our Zoom meetings, our, you know, whatever, uh, Microsoft Teams. It's, it's all sort of integrated really well. Mm. Um, there is nothing that has been developed. The only thing that um, we had to learn, and this is when we were running our um, vaccination clinics, is the technology for booking, you know, vaccines, et cetera. And that's like the public health side of it. Um, but that's it. Like it, it's been relatively um, consistent with how we operate. So there's nothing really that uh, stands out for me with respect to technology. Um, I'm trying to think. With respect to the incident management system, um, mm. one of the lessons learned and uh, we in the city of Markham maintained our incident management system or incident command system. However, it's for us, we use incident management system because we're not at a site per se. We're we're mm. at municipal level, we are helping support the site. So it's more of a management strategic policy driven um, system. But um, we maintained it, but a lot of municipalities didn't. And uh, it was hard to do so. It was a lot of things, a lot of changes. So um, it's not required in um, Canada to have the incident management system embedded. It's not in legislation. We just have to have an emergency response plan and, and have exercise, ex et cetera. It's guidelines were given, but we operate on it. We found that it worked really well. People, when we deactivated the EOC, um, people actually missed the, the, the coordination piece that was there because then everybody went off to their own little silos and, um, information can get lost and people are duplication again of um, resources and duplication of work, et cetera, happens. But again, 
with respect to my role, people knew where um, to find me. So I ended up sort of becoming a liaison to the entire um, entire municipality. Um, so it kind of worked out that way. But again, um, we we managed uh, virtual EOCs. It's kind of hard when you're um, you're working in your home and information. Usually, mm. you're used to information in the EOCs coming from all different directions, and there's conversation, and you listen right. in, and you hear things. It's hard to do that when you have a meeting. You unplug for a little while. You do your work. You send emails. It, it's um, you don't get the same feel, and you don't get the same uh, coordination piece that mm. I think is so vital in an EOC. That's the I only thing. Last year when we spoke, you were using. A process that I didn't hear anyone else speak about. You used every incident as an opportunity to practice. Yes. Uh, responding. And how did that, what role did that play in handling the situation? Well, this was where um, it actually helped us a lot because we practiced enough. So in January, uh, when we started to hear about uh, cases uh, in Canada, um, we had our first case in Canada, I think it was January 23rd, we started our enhanced monitoring. So we got our team together, started checking emails and uh, the news, updating everyone daily. We were uh, presenting information in a daily report. And it was just a small group of people, our communications person, my boss, the fire chief, we were all just a small little group of people coming together and keeping track, monitoring the situation. And that's where we have our enhanced monitoring team. Um, it's prior to an activation of an EOC. And we kept that going um, until March. And then when things kind of escalated enough for us to, when it started to come, the pandemic started to come into our area, we activated our EOC. And that's when the World Health Organization declared, you know, the pandemic. That's when our um, province declared uh, an, a state of emergency. So it all came together and we were already ramped up. We already had information. We had like, you know, mm. the groundwork done. So all we had to do was just bring in more people to start, you know, the process at a larger right. level. Great example for emergency managers to treat every incident and every, you're talking about when there's a potential of a storm coming, you would activate your enhanced monitoring. You heard about a water main burst, you'd activate that. Yes. And so that everyone was used to responding in a certain way, following your incident management process. Exactly. It was, it was quite unique. So looking back on this then, because you've just finished your master's and you've been through this long protracted situation and ready to, this is our shot, launch yes, this Yes, this is our shot, Canada. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that research and academia could reflect on and look at this to really support emergency management going forward? Well, I think we need to start looking at trends again and seeing what's coming up. Um <laughs> I think there is a, a need to, I think there was a really good report that came out and I'm not sure uh, from, and I, I thought this was great because for the pandemic, it really showed me that this exists and it's about um, enhancing community re resilience through social capital, the partnerships that we build prior to an emergency. Mm. Um, uh, this is, it just was released actually, and it's the National Ac Ac 
Academies Press, um, Science and Engineering Medicine. And um, it, it was just released. And I just, for me, this is one of the things that we did talk about um, in my master's about leadership, about these informal partnerships that happen uh, when we are working in emergency management. So for example, we have meetings with our local uh, hospital. That's a partnership that we we have in place. I attend their emergency preparedness meetings. I know the people that I'm dealing with. So I have a phone, things happen. I call them, they know who I am. We work together. This actually worked really well for us when we had to get our firefighters um, vaccinated or we had to get our municipal staff vaccinated. People knew us, so they're willing to work with us. And mm -hmm. they created like, you know, they clinics for us so that we could get our staff vaccinated. Um, those are the kind of things that work. This, this, um, this initiative, this campaign, reaching out to our police, York Region Police, that's the, our, our York Re our Regional Police Services, and getting them involved again, because then I could call and if we need support or if I need some information, it's, we have it available to us. And I think building those partnerships, but learning about that being able to research it and see how effective it is. Um, gaps in communication. We need to start looking again at, everybody says, you know, after exercise, after an incident, communication is where it falls apart. And we've seen so many um, examples of that during this pandemic. And I think we still have to look at that. Um, the other part that I think we need to look at is, the efficiency of the incident management system or other systems that may just be work better. I don't know, but I would like to see some more research in that area. You know, is it the best way, you know, should it be, um, you know, um, multiple agency coordination centers? Should it be incident management? Should it be incident command? Um, how effective is it and how many people have actually implemented it and how effective do they think it is? Uh, we really, mm. we, we introduce these things, at least in Canada, we introduce these things and then we don't go back to see if people are actually using it. And mm. I think this pandemic is a good example of that. Did they really use the system? How effective was it? What were mm. the, the obstacles in, in implementing it, because I could tell you that um, some of the obstacles in implementing it is politicians. Politics right. gets involved in emergency management and especially in a pandemic where I think everybody wants to show that they're doing something for the community. Right. But once you introduce pol politics into emergency management, then things kind of fall apart. You know, the system that we've built sort of changes. And I think we need to look at that and see how best we can maneuver that or, you know, what solutions we have uh, for that. Um, what else? I think uh, looking at the future of emergency management, are we more administrative? You know, is it an administrative thing, bringing people together, um, liaising people? Like I found, for me, I was the point of contact for everything because people knew I had relations uh, with police, fire, EMS, hospitals, um, long-term care facilities, you have partners there. So is it more administrative? Is, is the role of an emergency manager more administrative? Um, I personally think we need to start building uh, more community um, resilience through outreach. 
like I mentioned before, I, I'm not sure if I did that, is working with our mosques, right. getting our faith organizations involved, um, trying to utilize other uh, community partners instead of the usual, you know, fire, EMS, et cetera. Let's, let's see where that goes and how effective that is. Um, right. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but. No, that's good. I've, I've written down. <laughs> Five different topics. <laughs> <laughs> Things that are going through my head. I personally want to see reform in our um, in our province in emergency management and how it's dealt with. We need to understand. So, for example, in Canada, we kind of have a decentralized system here. It's not um, the federal government doesn't oversee emergency management, but municipalities do it. We always say that emergency management starts from the ground up, right? It's the mm. municipalities, it's the local um, cities that deal with emergencies because it happens here. And as, you know, situations expand, it goes to our province or the state. And then it, if it expands even further than the federal government. The funny thing is that municipalities aren't involved in the conversation. Right. The province determines emergency management for us. And I, I think there needs to be a voice. So that's something that I'm working on. Um, and uh, I'm very passionate about is I would like to see some reform in terms of the governance of emergency management. Well, there's a PhD in that. <laughs> Maybe. The problem <laughs> is I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I think that you've absolutely prepared for our time together. So there's nothing procrastinating. Ah, about great. That. I can see that you've, you've um, really added a lot of value to the conversation, Sonia. So thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for what you've done there in your city and leading it with emergency management. Um, I think Ryan Reynolds has a great advocate in you with the T-shirt on. Yes. We're going to try and create that movement. Wonderful. It would make me really happy if he retweeted something. That's all. <laughs> That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Yeah. Well, I'll just send him a message pretty soon and remind him. No problem. Please. Please. Sonia Singh, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you and thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Take care, Craig. Bye-bye.